Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. Amen. Uh, good looking group of people here. Precious people. Amen. Amen. God's people are precious. And uh, we had a tremendous day today being with the Dummett family. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed our time. And uh, I believe that the Lord uh, showed up. And. Um, and I believe He's going to show up tonight. Amen. I believe that we serve an on-time God. Yes. And He knows right where we are. Yes. He knows what we struggle with, what we face each day. And when we wake up each morning, His mercy is there. It's new, afresh for us to face that day. And today there's strength in the house of the Lord. I, I, I don't know what you came into the house tonight needing in your life, but it's here, whatever it is. It doesn't matter what it is. It's here in the house of the Lord. And I wonder if we could just for a moment lift our hands toward heaven right now. And you know that you know the needs in your life and you know what's going on. Maybe it's an illness in your body. Uh, maybe it's a bad report. Maybe it's lost loved ones. Maybe it's uh, uh, just financial things. Whatever it is, God knows where it is. And if you reach your hands toward heaven right now and begin to thank God for the promise that's on, thank God for the provision that's on His way, thank God for the miracles, for the deliverance, for the lost loved ones coming home, and do this worship in advance for what God is getting ready to do in your family, in your life. It'll happen here today because God meets faith. And if you'll present your faith and say, God, no matter what, I'm going to praise you. I'm going to trust you with my life. I'm going to trust you with my circumstance. And I'm going to worship because I know you're faithful. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you for your faithfulness tonight, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen. Y'all may be seated. I appreciate the time of family and uh, their vision and uh, what I mentioned earlier about their investment in God's people. Um, and it's, it's evident. You can see uh, through this what they've done to this facility. This is a wonderful facility. And, and I see all kinds of opportunity uh, down the road and miracles, signs and wonders and revival breaking out in this whole area being affected by the apostolic church that's going to turn the world upside down. Listen, I feel it in the Holy Ghost and uh, things are shifting in, in our day that we're living in. And, and we're going to see it because people are, are awakening to, to, the, to the potentials that that God can do. He can do anything. If we just remove the limits off of Him, He can do what the Bible said He can do, and He can do it today. It's just not a testimony of times past. It's a testimony of right now. And your miracle can happen right now. All you need is that faith. All you need is a praise in your mouth and thanksgiving in your heart. And God will meet you in your sacrifice. I love the Lord tonight. I tell you, He's been so good to me. So good to me. If we will turn 
We'll go ahead and get into this. Uh, Mark chapter 5. We'll start at verse 15. Give you all a few moments here. What a special day. 18 years of kingdom-minded work. Selfless. Working in God's kingdom is, is the removing of self-agenda. Because you can't be selfish and work in the kingdom of God. You've got to be selfless. It, it, it's it's a, a vision that you say it's not about me. It's about you, God. It's about your kingdom, not my kingdom. And so there's, there's, there's a level of self-denial that takes place in the ministry when it, when it, in the true. Now, I can't, speak for, I can't speak for all of them because we know there are people that abuse it. That abuse the, the office, a pastor or minister. Uh, for their gain, for their own personal gain, the Bible speaks against that, yes. and uh, and, it, and it shows us to stay away from those type of individuals. But when you get when you get into a church like like this, you know the Ratcliffe campus and this campus here, you, you find the truth, Amen. and uh, and we're thankful for that, <laughs> thankful for your service, and we know that God is going to continue to bless. Uh, this community because of your vision and, and Radcliffe Church, you guys are going to continue to do great things. God is going to do it because He's in control. Amen. It's His church. Right. We just got to show up, do our part, and He does the rest. Yep. Amen. 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 And they came, uh, and they come to Jesus and see Him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting in clothes and in His right mind, and they were afraid. And they that saw it told them how it befell to him that was possessed with the devil and also concerning the swine. And they began to pray him to depart out of their coasts. And when he was come into the ship, he that had uh, been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, Go home to thy friends and tell them. Everybody say, tell them. How great things the Lord hath done for thee and hath had compassion on thee. And he departed and began to publish in the capitalists how great things Jesus had done for him and all men did marvel. Amen. You all may be seated. I'm going to share with you something that I've I've preached before. It's been, it's been a while, and I felt impressed to to preach it again. So I don't I don't know how it's gonna how it's gonna come out, uh, how I uh, structured it some time ago, but it's it's my testimony, and uh, I want to preach to you for a few moments on when scars become testimonies. When scars become testimonies. At the end of the previous chapter, we read of a great storm that began to uh, develop. The waves began to vehemently beat against the ship to the point the disciples were rattled with fear. And they woke Jesus up out of fear for their life. And at this point, you would think the disciples would have had a little bit more faith in what they were exhibiting at this point. I mean, they were walking with the Lord. He was right there with them. And I mean, Jesus was sleeping. 
on that same boat. So it couldn't have been that bad. <laughs> Jesus wasn't worried about the storm. How often do we come to Jesus out of fear and not faith? Carest thou not that we perish? Jesus got up and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still, and the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. With just two commands, the winds and the sea yielded to His command. And I just have to say that no matter what storm in life that we face, we know the one who can calm the raging seas. He can stop the things that are around. He can... And if He doesn't stop it, He'll give us the grace to go through it. And all we have to do is trust Him. Trust Him as we go through this life. Trust Him as we go through our circumstances. That He's in control. I'm not going to listen to what man says. I'm going to trust what God says. Jesus proceeded to ask the question, why are you so fearful? And we can see these things in the Word of God of of, of Jesus' frustration of where is your faith? Where is your faith? And I know sometimes we, we, uh, we're the same way. We, we don't always, we're not always quick to just run to Jesus in the midst of our, our, our confusion or our chaos in our life. We try to figure out, we'll try to analyze it, we'll try to, we'll try to take a, a, a logical approach to our situations. And then when that fails miserably, then we come to the Master. Carest not that we perish. I'm in a storm, Lord. I'm fighting for my life here. And you're not even concerned about it? Where's your faith? Where's our faith? How is it that we have no faith sometimes? That we revert back to our uh, human limited understanding and try to get out of a box that we'll never be able to get out of. The disciples marveled and began to ask the question amongst themselves, what manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? When the ship landed, they witnessed a new storm barreling out of the tombs and running towards Jesus. It was, a, it was a man with an unclean spirit. What was he doing there? The question. What was he doing in this place? We read in this chapter this man could that no man could bind him, not even the chains. We don't have any information concerning how long this went on, but the Bible does indicate it happened often. Yes. He was problematic to his environment and they could not tame him. Always night and day he was in he was in the, the mountains and in the tombs crying and cutting himself with stones. We we live in a, a, a present world where there is a problem with with cutting. Yes. And we hear about these stories where people will sneak off into a restroom somewhere and get and they'll, they'll, they'll pull out their little razor that they've got tucked away for just an occasion as this and they'll begin to cut on themselves. Why? Why? You can ask the same question, why was he doing it? We know based on the Word of God why he was doing it. There were demons in him tormenting his life. Maybe he was trying to cut them out. 
Maybe that was the only logical solution for him is if I begin to cut myself, maybe they'll flee from me. Maybe they will escape. And I, I, I got to believe that in the day that we're living in and the spirits that we're facing in this hour, that maybe that, that's what's going on in our world is these people are cutting themselves because they're being tormented. This man had no peace. The winds and, and the storms and the seas were raging in his life. And he was crying and cutting himself. We don't know if he ever cried out for God to help him. But I remember when I had an internal storm in my life and the Lord came to where I was. And as that storm appeared to intensify and the dark clouds of chaos closed in around me and the destruction and misery that I brought into my life was looming over my head and all around me. In the midst of my storm, here came Jesus. Right, right. Yeah. It's almost as if He's drawn to storms. time we are fearful in storms. Most of the time we went out of the storms, but here we see Jesus in the midst of the storm commanding peace and stillness. This man was crying and cutting himself. The scars of life were visible on his body. What was it that got him to this place in his life? How did he end up in this condition? I often ask myself, how do people get where they are? Where they're just completely disconnected from life and, and what, what, what's meaningful in life. And I, I remember when I had backslid right out of Bible college. I mean, I, I went to Bible college and next thing you know, I walk in a different road. If we're not careful... It would be easy for us to walk down that same road. Whether it's being hurt by some somebody or, or some situation. I don't know how many times I've heard backsliders talk about the reason that they do not come to church anymore. And you know what? Most of the time, 90% of the time, you know what it is? It's because of people. It's because of the hurt that people cause on people. And and they get bitter about it. And and so they they let it pull them away from the church. And uh, it can happen to any of us. I left because I wasn't in the right I wasn't in the right frame of mind. My priorities were upside down. And anytime you get your priorities upside down, things begin to change not for the better, but for the worse. And next thing you know, you wake up ten years later and you don't even know who you are anymore. You look in the mirror and say, who is this person that I'm looking at? 
What have you become? And many of us in here have testimonies of where God has uh, either brought us from or kept us from. Every one of us have a testimony. Because every one of us had an encounter with the Almighty God. Every one of us, have, have, we can say that, uh, that I, I've experienced the blessings of the Lord. And I walked into an apostolic church and they were talking about this baptism of the Holy Ghost. And they were talking about being born of water and spirit. And, and, and I needed a rescue. I needed help. I needed a hope. And I came to myself and I went to that altar and God filled me with His Spirit. Those who have been born again have had that experience. We have a testimony. But you see what happens is if we're not careful and we don't put on the whole armor of God daily through prayer, devotion, consecration, that there is an opening in your life and you are vulnerable to the attacks, the arrows of the enemy. And without the armor, those arrows will pierce your, 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 your flesh and they will get down into your spirit, into your heart. I know for me it was when I opened the door, uh, the world seems so beautiful. Like I've been missing out on something. You know how he does it. Takes you to the pinnacle and says, all this I'll give you if you worship me. Well, that don't seem that, that bad. I mean, that's a lot. It's a lot of stuff. So it seems beautiful and harmless. And then you slowly begin to walk in that direction if he gets your attention. And then you're blinded by deception. And in that moment, I believe that there is uh, uh, something that we think uh, is possibly better than what we've currently been experiencing in the kingdom of God. And so I, these are the things that I've done. I open myself to, to the lure, to the deception of the enemy. And I believe that there was something better than the kingdom of God. And I was determined to remove my identity. Because that's the first thing that he attacks when you walk away. Is he wants to remove your identity and make you a different person. He wants to turn you into something else. He wants to remove the, the stamp of God on your life. And so he'll do everything he can to change the way that you look. Change your perspective. Change how you function. Change your attitude. Change the way that you talk. You don't, you can, you don't look very far and see backsliders and you see them and, you're, and you think, wow, they look so much different. Why? Because he's attacking their identity. He wants to remove them. I immerse myself in a godless life. That's why I stand here today and say, uh, nothing is worth walking away from the only hope that we have in this world. Don't let anything cause you to open to what the enemy would desire to wreck from your life. The peace and the joy and the, and the hope that we have in Christ Jesus. 
takes a it takes a sold out mindset. It takes a soldier that's willing to dig his heels, his or her heels, into the ground and say, "I'm not going to be moved. Right. I'm not going to be lured away." Don't let anything cause you to open that door because there will be scars. All of your bad choices and mistakes become your scars. What you open yourself up to in this world becomes a scar in your life, in your mind, in your spirit that you'll carry around with you. That's why he said, walk not in the counsel of the ungodly. Nor standeth in the way of the nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but you delight in the law of the Lord, and you meditate on his word, and you and you hold his promise close to you, and you cling to that cross, and you deny yourself. Why? Because I'm trying to make heaven my home, and I'm gonna do everything I can to make sure I get there. I wanted to be a rock star. Whatever it is, it doesn't have to be a rock star. There's ambitions out there and, and paths that you can find yourself on that will completely remove yourself uh, from the will of God and from the house of God. And it could be a very professional uh, uh, career. If your priorities are chasing money, then, then most likely you won't be in the house of the Lord. But let me tell you what you'll miss, you'll miss out on. You, you brought nothing into this world and you'll take nothing with you. So if I cling to the Lord, I cling to the one who can provide for me. And I focus on his kingdom. I don't have to worry about it. I can trust that he'll keep me. My ambitions were to make a name for myself. I wanted to build up my own kingdom. And I think, I think that's a temptation uh, for where we are in our world is, is uh, people doing whatever it's necessary to make a name for yourself. Because you want the world or, or people want the world to see them as valuable. To see them as a diamond in the rough, so to speak. But if you get caught up in that, if people get caught up in that, there'll be scars. There'll be regret. I regret the things that I did in my life. And so when you regret those things, you say, I'm done. I never want to go back there again. I don't know how many times, because I was addicted to drugs. I got, you know, it, it all starts with, with some kind of influence. Most likely it's music. And you know, we make the excuse, well, it's just a beat. 
But the problem with that is that beat turns into you knowing every word. So when I come back to the Lord, you know what I said? I'm not listening to any worldly music ever again. I'm only going to listen to music that glorifies God and keeps my mind on His kingdom. Because I'm not going to hang in the balance and stand between two worlds. I've got my mind made up. I'm going all the way. And I've got to, I've got to put in my ears the direction of where I'm going. I'm going to put aside all forms of heathen uh, worship. Because you know what happens is, is those tombs, they get into your spirit and become your God. Because you open yourself up to it. Brother Sleva told me one time. And this, I believe it. I believe it. And you, we can see it in the church. Is that music is powerful. And whatever we open ourselves up to, we receive the message. And that's why when we can get into the house of the Lord and we can sing about His goodness and His mercy, we become broken in His presence and we, we, we embrace the words that are being... There's, music is powerful. And God uses music to get us to a place where we would be ready to receive His word. And it would, that seed would go into the right soil and produce fruit in the right season. And our world is in need of, of more than just talent. Right. Right. And I've said this recently in conversation. I tell you what, there, there are notes that people can hit in the secular world that will bring chills up your spine. But that's not the Holy Ghost. And you can you can replicate that. In some kind of environment, and claim that that's the spirit of God, because that's what's going on in our world, and they're being deceived. Yes. People are being deceived. Yes, right. I, I backslid because my my focus was self-preservation. It was all about me. Matthew sixteen twenty-four to twenty-eight. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. This is a very uh, powerful progression that we see in the Word of God. Before we get to the end of the words, follow me, because that's what we all want to do, is follow Jesus. The very first step is deny yourself. Right. Which means lose yourself. Yes. Lose the old identity of who you used to be and embrace the newness of life that I offer you. Yes. Right, right, right. You, you deny yourself and you take up your cross and then follow me. Right, yeah. So you got to deny your own ways. You got to you got to crucify your own ways and you got to follow Jesus in the newness of life. And then said Jesus unto his disciples, if any man will come after him, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Next, next verse, please. Sorry. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. Self-preservation, you end up losing it. Right. Oh, oh, but if you'll say, whatever I got to do, God, whatever I got to lay aside, and that's the thing, that's the... <laughs> the thing people struggle with the most is laying aside some things. Right. Right. Complete surrender. 
Every person I come in contact with that wants deliverance, I, I ask them, are you ready to surrender it all? You're not serious then. Until you're ready to surrender it all, you can't move any further. Right. Surrender. There's so much. There's so much power in surrender. A person, a person that will completely surrender their life to the Lord. They will surrender their own will to the Lord. Will eventually get to a place where they'll see the power of God working in their life. But they've got to surrender first. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or more importantly, what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Is it all the gold in the world or all the wealth or all the fame that you cannot take with you? Right. Our kingdom will always end in ruins, but not the kingdom of God, and not the word of God. It's forever settled in heaven. And if I stand on anything, I gotta stand on the word of God. For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with the angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his what? To what I do now. Right. To what I'm invested in now. Eternal things, kingdom things. Right. Pouring into people. Well, well, so and so hurt me. Well, we just gotta get over it. You know why? Because what I do now, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter if they receive it the way that I want them to. I just gotta give it to them the way it was given to me. He didn't have to do it, he didn't have to give me grace and mercy, but he gave it. I didn't I didn't earn it. It was his unmerited favor. And what I have to give back is unmerited favor. No matter how it looks. The thing about unconditional love is we don't love to receive anything in return, which is very hard for people. Because people want to get to a place where they give love and they expect something in return. But that's not real love. Real love is saying, I'm here for you whenever. I'll love you and I'll wait for you. I'll wait for you to come home. Son, is that you walking down the road? I've been waiting for you. Maybe the, maybe the son was walking back like, oh, there's no way my, my dad is going to accept me back into the house. There's no way that he's going he's to allow me to come home after all the things that I've done, all, after all the mess, after all the scars that I brought into my life. There's no way. He's going to accept me. But he comes running. Yes. Yes. He comes running. I tell you what, the first time I set foot in an apostolic church after embracing hell for so long, 10 plus years, I felt the convicting power of God, the goodness of God that leadeth men to repentance. It's his goodness that gets a hold of you. And, and, and I don't know how many times or how many people have this testimony, the old white knuckle grip. How many times have you heard that? Where you know somebody's fighting it. Oh, they feel it. The Lord is dealing with them. They're squeezing. Maybe they're squeezing somebody's hand and they're like, what are you doing? Ow. But there's just something about being in the presence of the Lord. 
that changes everything. But he's going to judge us according to our works. And what we do in our life. Verily I say unto you, there be some standing here which shall not taste death till they see the Son of Man coming in His kingdom. By, by trying to preserve your life, you actually lose it because life can only be found in Jesus. John 8 and 12. I do that sometimes, and I actually didn't give it. <laughs> then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you shall have the light of life. Yes. That's right. John 1 4, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. Life can only be found in Jesus. Right. I can testify to this, my scars have become my testimony. Right. I share my testimony wherever I go. Because I know it's only it's only because of him that I stand here today. Right. Right. I, I'm nothing special. I, I, I'm you know I think about where God has, has taken me in just a short amount of time. And, and I can't help but but say it's because of, of my uh, submission and my surrender and, and my willingness right. to follow hard after the Lord yes. and, and, to, and to take the Word and to read it, to study, to pray. I, I'm at a place now that I've never been before and, my, I've got, I, and I'm not there yet by all means. i still got some rough edges. i still got some work that needs to happen in my life, but I am determined. I'm determined that as long as the Lord's hands on my life, I'm going to learn. And as long as I have grace, I'm going to grow. And I'm going to trust that God is going to finish what He started in my life. Because that's the Word of God. He will finish what He started in you. My, my scars are a constant reminder what I thought I wanted, I actually did not want. Right. If I would have just become uh, obedient unto death, even the death of the cross, in my own life, I wouldn't bear the marks I now despise. And the whole culture of being a rock star, you, you, your identity changes. And so I begin to mark on my body, and I, I begin to look a certain way because that's that's. Uh, you you become what you embrace, right, right, right. whatever that is, right. and that's what I that's that's what I became, and so I begin to mark all over my body, and and they weren't just you know, we've got Christians nowadays that'll get a scripture tattooed on them or something, or or they'll get a, a cross tattooed on them or something, or you know, no, I went out and I I went extreme, and and. The things that I got that I marked on my body were bands that I idolized. 
that were heathens, pagans. And, and I, I took on those spirits. And I became bitter and angry and hateful. And I began, after a long road, a, a downward spiral, I was on drugs, real bad. And uh, you know it's bad when, when you can't go a day without it. When you when you plan your life around it, you have a problem, and it doesn't have to be drugs. You can plan your life around some things that will take all of your time, and it's just as bad. Can I tell you one that we carry around with us? You know, I, I did a, a riveting study here not too long ago. And uh, so in a 79-year in life, a person would have spent three years on social media. Three years. Three years. Do you know how long they spend in, in a church? Maybe a year. We're all guilty of it. That's why Apple, you know, they, they put on that. How many of you have the screen time thing on your phone? Or it monitors how long you spend on it. <clears throat> Mine's off right now because I don't want to know. <laughs> but, you know, I'm not always on Facebook. You know, I'll, I'll get my, my Bible app out and, you know, if something comes to me and I'm at work or something, I'll get my phone out and look up a scripture, you know, or I'll make a little voice memo. I love the little things that you can do. You know, while you're, while you're working, you can just pause for a moment, talk to your watch like you're a crazy person, and get back to work. <laughs> but technology has its good points and its, and its bad points. And, uh... But the whole thing that that, get, that gets me is we might spend 11 years in church, but how many of it are we actually alive in the services? Right, right, right. Where we're engaged in everything that's going on. And I, I preach to my church that it starts in the prayer room. If you get in the prayer room before you get into the service, You'll be so connected that God will use you. He'll do great things. You'll fulfill God's will in your life. But it starts in the prayer room. Just a little talk with Jesus. Just going to take a moment and repent of my sins. And make sure there's not anything hidden in my heart. Any any wicked imaginations or hidden agendas that would bring, that would bring glory to self. Because flesh will not glory in the presence of the Lord. And I just want to make sure that my flesh is out of the way. And let me tell you, that's a constant battle for, for people. Humanity. We, we can be transparent here and say that, that we've got to fight our flesh. Got to put it under, lock it up. Bring it into captivity. Don't let it loose. Don't let it off the cross. Keep it crucified. Whatever you got to do, just make sure it does not have an influence in your life. Because our flesh and the devil are working together to destroy us. Yes. That's right. 
What else? For years I have tried my best to hide my scars. And I've shared this on our Costa Rica trip. Sin will always leave scars. In my attempts to forget about God and build my own identity, I begin to mark on my body. My appearance changed. Whatever you identify with will be your identity. I submerged myself in a godless life. You know, my very first tattoo, the, the tattoo artist said, he warned me. Do they do that anymore? I don't know. But he said, where you're getting this at, you do know this is going to change the way people look at you. Me, I don't care. I was gruff and tough and, you know, err. What in the world? Idiot. <laughs> the warning is even louder today, though. Do you want scars? Do you want to carry around scars? No one really wants them, do they? Maybe the man was cutting himself to try and get whatever that was in him out. But when he seen Jesus afar off, he ran to him and worshipped him. Listen, the only way we will ever get out of this mess and find deliverance is to run to Jesus and fall at his feet and worship him and say, I'm not going to leave until you bless me. I'm not going to leave until you change my name. I want a new name, God. I don't want to be a deceiver any longer. I don't want to be a liar. I don't want to be a thief. I don't want to be a drug I want a new name, God. when we worship he begins to work he can't work on us if we're not worshiping it's within worship that life's issues are exposed when we praise God we are singing of his goodness we're lifting our voice we're magnifying his name and he comes to where we are where we're presenting that praise and he begins to address some things in our life Listen, I talked about it earlier today that whatever the man of God stands behind the pulpit and warns you, you just you listen to it and you run from whatever it is that he's warning you to run from. And you embrace the word of God and you say, thank you, Lord, for saving me. Thank you for not letting me run down that dead end road and waste my life and waste time and waste my finances and waste, uh, waste everything in my life. when we worship the deepest part of our heart is exposed and healing and deliverance will take place in the midst of worship. All the issues in our life can be, can be confused if we would just uh, uh, can be conquered if we would just follow this feet of worship. Psalm 99 and 5 Exalt ye the Lord our God and worship at His footstool for He is holy. We find that when Jesus was in the wilderness, one of the temptations was an attempt to steal his worship. Scars will eventually follow the transfer of worship. Our scars will determine who we are worshiping. 
If we are worshiping Jesus, we will bear His scars in our body. Galatians 6 or 17. For henceforth, let no man trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ. At the point, at one point, this man lived a, a, a normal life, or at least we can assume he did. He wasn't born possessed. But somewhere along the way, the spirits of darkness found an opening and, he, and the self-destruction came and the scars came and he was stripped of his garments and his mind was tormented and his body was out of control. That's what the enemy does to people. But when Jesus walks into your storm, He calms you and clothes you and settles your mind. And I close with this. When I come back to the Lord, I, I wrestle revealing my scars. I wrestle them for years. In fact, it's so obvious that if I were to have a short sleeve shirt on right now, my hands and my arms would be two different colors. In fact, brother, since Costa Rica, uh, uh, I, I, you know. I'm going to come back and I'm not going to I'm not going to be bound by that any longer. But you know what? You, you, sometimes you fall right back in. But you, you reminded uh, uh, me of something when we were at the general conference and he asked if I wore the Costa Rica shirt any longer. And you, know, you know, I'm like, you know what? I haven't, but I need to. And so, let me tell you what I did for the first time. <laughs> Is that I, went to, I got up one day and I went to work and I realized I didn't have any clean long sleeve shirts available. <laughs> and so I was like, am I going to wear a dirty one today? I wrestled with it. Because, let's face it, those scars are what you will wrestle with. That's why the warnings go forth. Is so that you don't have to wrestle the 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 uh, the consequences of a bad choice. Right, right. And so I put that short sleeve shirt on, and I went to work. Not just one day; I did it several days. And I, there were times I hated it. I because I felt so. Uh, every time I looked down at him. I, I, I felt the pain of who I used to be. It wasn't necessarily the physical marks. It was, it was the reminder of who I used to be. That was the pain. And if I had been in my right mind, I wouldn't have done it in the first place. And so... Thank the Lord that it's got a little cooler. <laughs> but I tell you what, it's um when you can when you can look at your scars and face them and overcome how it makes you feel. Right. 
God can use that to give uh, to bring Him glory. And so, when your sorrows become your testimony, then God can use that to deliver somebody that He has placed in your path that needs to hear what God has done in your life. And this is what God has rest, uh, wrestled with me for so long is that if I hide my scars, who's going to see that I've ever done anything wrong? And we've got this image that we lock ourselves into in the church is that if I cover myself up and nobody sees the pain and the hurt that I've had in my life and nobody sees that I've wrestled with depression and I've suffered some things, then how will I ever be able to connect with somebody that's struggling with the very same thing? But no, he said, I can take your scars and I can use them to become your testimony and we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. You can live Your scars are not what define you anymore. <laughs> if you've gone down in the water in the wonderful saving name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you come up with a new identity. You come up with a new person. And then there's a saying in our world, in our culture today that says, Oh, you are an addict. You're always going to be an addict. No. I don't believe that. You know why? Because I got a new name now. I'm no longer an addict. I'm a son of the king. And he's changed my identity. And I'm going to rejoice. Maybe somebody in here needs a new identity. Maybe somebody needs help in the storm that they're in right now. Let me testify to tell you that the peace speaker is in the house. Oh, and in the midst of your storm, if you let your voice out and say, God, I need you to step in. I need you to step in to intervene into my situation because I don't see a way out. And I'm tired of fighting myself. I'm tired of fighting all by myself. I need you, Lord. altar's open for anybody that just wants to come closer to the Lord. Maybe you yourself wrestle with some things. Why don't you come and release them to the King? Let Him change your name. Let Him heal your mind. Let Him touch your life. Let His presence silence the voices in your life. Silence the turmoil. Worship the Lord.
hand, hope for the ones we love. I'm so thankful for what God is doing. Amen. So glad to uh, have the Pearsons with us. And uh, he did tell me a little bit of his testimony before and um, shared with us the Costa Rica group uh, how we, I forced him into um, just God like unlocking some things for him, you know. Uh, I didn't know, you know, I had no idea like that that was a thing for him. It didn't bother me at all, but it was bothering him. And uh, sometimes, you know, we, we get this perception of ourselves. And I think, you know, Brother Pearson mentioned it, but we get this perception of ourselves. And I think we look at ourselves as less valuable because of what we've been through. And we, you know, he, he said it this morning, but, you know, he said I was kind of sh- surprised, kind of shocked whenever... You know, Brother McGraw said, "You're gonna, you're gonna pastor." You know, the what? You know, and uh, I, I will say this: I will say that God has great things in store for you, even if you don't have a spotless past. There's, I don't know anybody that has a spotless past, but but even if you're, you're flawed, even if there are things that you feel like, man, I wish this had been different. Um, God still wants to use you. He still wants to use your testimony. He wants to use uh, your past, your history. And the, the, the enemy wants to, and I'm only saying this, I'm not trying to re-preach, but I'm, I'm just saying this because I feel to say this right now. The enemy wants to take and use those things and, and devalue you and devalue your ministry and what God wants to do in your life. And if you allow him to, he'll, he'll hold you captive like he's, he's tried to do with Brother Pearson. He'll try to hold you captive. You, you'll never do this. You'll, you'll, you can't amount to anything. You don't deserve because of. But the devil's a liar. Amen. The devil's a liar. And so I, I would just say to you today, and, and I just, I don't know, again, I didn't plan on saying this. This is just what God put on my heart to say. I, I want you to know you are valuable. Amen. Amen. You are a child of God and you are valuable. And your value doesn't come because of how good you are. Your value comes because of how much He loves you. And when I think about how much He loves me and how much He gave Himself for me, that puts so much value on my life. More value than I put on my life. So don't sell yourself cheap. That's right. Because you're priceless. To Him, you are worth it. To Him, you you are worth every drop of blood. You are worth every pain that He felt. Every shame that He felt. Amen. And you may have made some bad decisions. And I've said it before. You may have made some mistakes, and that may made may have made you a mistaker. But you've also sinned, and that made you a sinner. And you need a savior. And when you see how much the savior loves you, you see how much love he has. The scripture says, "Lavish upon us." Man, man, how much he loves you. 
I wish I could tell you just how much he loves you. So I want to challenge you today as we, we get ready to close, to just go into uh, praying and, and closing out our service, receiving our tithes and offerings. I, I just want to say this. Don't devalue yourself. Don't do anything. Don't make any decisions. Don't make life choices that are going to put you in a position where you feel less valuable than what you are. Those that are here today, those that are watching us online, thank you so much for joining us today. We're so excited about what uh, God has in store. And, and you know what? I, I don't know. I don't pretend to, to, like, I don't know what's going to happen from week to week. But God does. Amen? Amen. Our ushers are getting ready. They're going to receive our tithes and offerings. If you haven't yet, please finish filling out your connection card. You can also do that on the app, and you can send that in that way. Uh, stay in contact with us. Most of you uh, are doing so, and we are trying to stay in contact with you. Let us know if there's any questions that you have, but you can also, as you turn in those connection cards, you can write any requests that you have, per request, put those on the back of your connection card. We'll pray for those this week. If you have a praise report, please include that as well. We want to celebrate with you. Amen? Amen. Amen. And our ushers are receiving our tithes and offerings. I do need to make an important announcement. Uh, according to our bylaws, I need to let you know we are having a business meeting next we have food and fellowship next week. There's a chili cook-off if you haven't already. See Tiffany or Christina. Put your hands, ladies, let them know. All right? If you haven't you want to be a part of the chili cook-off or bring something or do something, let them know they are heading that up. But next week after the chili cook-off, we will have a short business meeting. And we have a few important matters of business that we need to take care of. And I have a feeling it's going to be a historic Sunday you won't want to miss. Amen. Amen be a great time. And we are looking forward to what God has in store. Uh, this week is going to be awesome. Um, I just, man, God's doing some incredible things. If you have not yet, take just a moment and check in online today with the hashtag Compassion for Kids. Compassion, the number four in the word kids. Every 10 check-ins provides a day of care to a child in need. Last week, we provided three days of care, so 30 people checked in last week. And uh, total, our whole group, all of our partners, 3,983 days of care provided. So that was awesome. And I believe that if you'll just take a moment, take a picture, check in, amen, God is going to uh, use that to touch somebody online and say, hey, you should have been at church with me today. I'm going to pray over this offering. I don't know about Cooper's or anything else you need to do. All right. I'm going to let you pray over the offering. Uh, before you leave, make sure you stop by the fellowship bar. There is cake in, um, in uh, my vocabulary. Escapes, escapes me. We're celebrating Pastor Sister Kathy's 18th anniversary of uh, pastoring here at Radcliffe Bull. So uh, be sure to get some cake before you leave and let's uh, celebrate. Amen. So let's all stand. And we will bless the offering will be the Lord, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you have done in our lives. And we 
thank you for the message that we heard today. We pray, Lord, that you bless the offering, use it for the furtherance of your kingdom. Yes, Lord. And we yes, pray, Lord, Lord, that you will uh, just bring your protection upon everybody as you leave this place. Keep your hand protection upon the Pearsons as they travel back. And Lord, we give you all the glory, honor, and praise. Jesus, you are In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody see Amen. 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 Yeah, I was not well. Yeah, 
my job. Yes. Yes.